Hey friends, before we start the show, I want to invite you to check out my brand new free training all about how you can start your own freelance business from home. In this completely free one hour training, I am going to share with you exactly how I was able to leave my full-time teaching job and replace my income by freelancing and how you can do the same thing too. We're going to talk about how you can find skills that you already have and what services you can offer, as well as what you need to actually get started today. So you can go check out my brand new free training. It's my gift to you at aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. That's aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. And we will link that up in the show notes for you. All right, now let's go ahead and dive on into the show. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I am really, really, really excited for you to hear today's guest interview with Kaylee Hamilton. We are talking all about how to get seen as a thought leader by getting published in the press, both on podcasts, on news outlets, in the media, all of that stuff. And I told Kaylee this, I was selfishly taking notes behind the scenes. I had a couple articles in Business Insider that went live in 2022, and I have been looking for ways to get seen in the press more. It's one of my goals. I do a lot of podcast interviews, but in the press online, both like in digital and print and media, it's not something that I've ever done. So I was really pulling up a seat to this conversation. And let me tell you, Kaylee did not disappoint. She shared so much on how to craft your story and how to show up in the inbox and when to follow up and just so many amazing things. You're going to hear Kaylee's story from going from a Hollywood reporter into breaking into her own media company. I am just so excited for you. I'm not going to waste any of your time. I'm going to get right into the interview because it is that good. Make sure you have pen and paper ready to go because there are so many golden nuggets inside this interview you are not going to want to miss. You're going to want to come back to this episode and re-listen to it again. And then definitely make sure that you go connect with Kaylee after the fact because she's just so sweet, so kind, and so generous with the information that she shares inside this podcast. All right, let's go ahead and dive on into the show. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business, and now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Hey, Kaylee, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today and to chat with you. Aubrey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. Yeah. So I, you have such an interesting story that I'm just going to give you the floor right now. Share a little bit about your background, um, what you were doing before you got into this space. I want to hear all the juicy details. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And yeah, it's an interesting story. So I, I grew up in Colorado. I was very shy, very shy girl, but I grew up pretty obsessed with Hollywood celebrities, red carpets. I grew up watching Entertainment Tonight every night after um, dinner with my mom. I was always reading like Us Weekly People magazines and I never wanted to be really like the actress or the singer, but for some reason I wanted to be the person who 
was getting to know them, who was interviewing them. Like I didn't want to be them. I wanted to know them. And so I was just so drawn to red carpet reporters, interviewers, things like that. So that was my dream growing up. And then I went to college in San Diego and actually ended up landing an internship at Entertainment Tonight of all places, just as an intern. I worked there for a summer and really got a taste of what it was like working in the entertainment industry. It's a lot of pressure, a lot of hours, very hard work, but also very fulfilling and exhilarating. Um, that summer is when I experienced my very first red carpet. I went just, just to help out as the intern on the side. I'm like, I'll do anything. And that like changed everything for me. I was like, this is where I'm meant to be. And so I ended up working at Entertainment Tonight, got hired out of college. I started as production assistant, worked my way up, um, and then moved around to Us Weekly magazine. I worked for a lifestyle show. So I really was able to kind of fulfill my entertainment dreams. Um, I was doing red carpet interviews. I've interviewed hundreds of celebrities. I've worked all of the big red carpets, the Oscars, Grammys, Emmys, all of those. And it was just total dream come true. But at the same time, I got so burnt out. Um, I didn't know my boundaries as a young girl in my 20s. I was I just said yes to everything and being kind of the shy people pleaser, which I later realized was kind of low self worth. Um, I just wasn't I, I got a little I felt like I got taken advantage of, though, that was my kind of own doing. I like didn't know how to communicate my boundaries. And so time went on and I was working at Us Weekly and working all over L.A., working all these different events. And then 2020 hit and of course, everything shut down. And so in a flash, um, my job was kind of gone. I was still working from home, but it's hard to be a reporter when there's not, not really anything to report on. And so that's, and at the same time, I also went through a breakup. So it was just one of those life moments. Um, and this is when I was 29 years old and I was going to be turning 30 that year. And so it was just one of those life moments where I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm turning 30. I don't even know <clears throat> what my future is, what's happening with my job, my relationships. And that's when I kind of turned inward and I just needed to reach out to like anybody who could help me. And I found all of these incredible people who found me on podcasts, who showed up in articles, who showed up in TV segments. Um, I, I found someone who I love, Dr. Joe Dispenza. <clears throat> He's a neuroscientist researcher. He was on a podcast. I ended up binging every single podcast he was on because he kind of taught me a new way to look at life and how to take control of my thoughts and manifest my future, things like that. I started a meditation practice. I found my business coach. Just all these people showed up for me through media. And that's when I realized, wow, I'm sure there's so many other people out there who have incredible expertise and inspiring stories who have no idea how to be seen through the media. And with my background, I've worked in broadcast. I've worked in digital print, all of it. I had those skills and that knowledge of knowing how to utilize those platforms. So, and at the same time, I really wanted to um, work, be able to work remote, obviously with COVID, a lot of people started working remote, but I wanted to be able to travel, not be so tied to Los Angeles anymore. And so it all kind of fell together. And that was two years ago at the end of um, 2020, I guess. Yeah, almost over two years 
is when I started my company, Kaylee Media. And ever since then, we just help CEOs, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, um, creators, we help them be seen through the power of the media. So we help get them on podcasts, we get them featured in articles, we get them on TV segments. So they're able to be seen on these platforms and reach the audiences who need to hear from them. What a journey. There's so (laughs) much to unpack there. I want to go back just like a little bit in your story because something that you said really stood out to me was when you were saying like, I actually felt and, and considered myself a shy girl. And so to hear that and then to hear like, wow, you're kind of obviously it's different than actually being like the one on the red carpet and, and everybody's taking your picture. But even just to like, put yourself in that situation. Uh, How was that transition for you to go from like shy to kind of, and even just to take on the persona of reporter, you have to, you have to be a little bit more confident. You have to be a little bit more outspoken. You have to be the one, you know, with the microphone getting your interview in. So how was that transition? And was there anything that you learned along the way that really helped you to step, step away from being so shy? Because I think a lot of people, like they take on these personas of like, Oh, I'm shy or I'm this. And they think that there's no way to break out of that or to even just learn some ways to combat that. So I would love to hear your experience with that. Totally. That's such a good question. And it's so important to have a growth mindset and to not label yourself, put yourself in a box and be like, okay, I'm a, sh- I'm a shy girl. I'm going to be the shy girl the rest of my life. I was just born like that. <clears throat> it's like, we have the power in our minds and thoughts to become whoever we want to and to break out of those. And I just realized that me being shy was because I had kind of mental blocks, emotional blocks, just things like that. And so it was an interesting contrast. I'm like, okay, I'm shy. I'm super like insecure. I'm afraid of being seen. But also there's a part of me that's like in the depths of my heart. That's like, you are meant to do this. You should be out there doing these interviews and being on these red carpets. And so it's a matter of kind of like leaning in and trusting kind of the unknown. Um, I love the saying, like the magic is in the unknown and it really is like uncertainty and fear is always going to be there with uncertainty. But as long as you're like getting comfortable being uncomfortable, that's something I learned too. I'm like, geez, everything that's outside of our comfort zone is going to be uncomfortable. So I need to just get comfortable being uncomfortable. And then you can kind of work your way up and take bigger action steps toward your dreams And I've really had to work on my confidence. And this is something I absolutely work on with my clients, because even though like these people are so impressive and like even all of your listeners, just like so such impressive, inspiring, ambitious people on the outside, anyone who looks at them is like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. But them on the inside, like majority of the time, they're like, oh gosh, I know I need to put myself out there, but it's uncomfortable. I don't really want to be seen, but I know I need to, to grow my business. And so I super resonate with that. Um, And so I've even come up with kind of a method for my confidence. I call it, it's just FPL. And so I'll go through it really quickly. What I do to just kind of hone in on and like bring up to the surface, my confidence, the F stands for fantasize and feel. So I'll start to just like fantasize and visualize, like picture the scenario that I want to achieve or manifest, like get clear on what I want to do and who the person is who I want to be. 
and feeling that is like kind of mentally rehearsing that. So before I was doing red carpets, I was picturing myself on red carpets, holding the microphone. And believe me, when they passed me the microphone for the first time, I nearly blacked out. I was so nervous, <laughs> but I did it like I had did it in my, I had done it in my head. And so mentally rehearsing, feeling what it'll feel like when you step outside of that comfort zone is really, really helpful. And then the P of the FPL method is to plan and push. So just planning your steps, like what are your goals, figuring out what you need to do to get to where you want to be. And then that push part is taking the action. So for me, it, it always feels like pushing myself off of a high diving board. So when they handed me that mic for the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, I just have to like jump and go for it. And so it's kind of pushing yourself and it can be baby action steps in the right direction or big steps. Either way, it's just a matter of like, keep moving, like keep that consistency and don't be stagnant. Um, and just, just pushing yourself. And as you take each step, you'll gain more confidence. And then the last part of my FPL method is um, the L, which is to learn and let go. So as you're taking those action steps, like ask for help, um, continue to learn, continue to do the research, and you'll learn along the way. Like it's by default, you'll learn as you're taking action. Um, you can even find a mentor, like shadow people, ask questions. Um, that's, that's what I did when I was starting off as a red carpet reporter. And then the let go piece is to basically just trust. And this goes back to like the magic is in the unknown, like let go, trust yourself and trust the unknown. And when it comes to trusting yourself, like trust that you have what you need inside you to become what you're meant to become. Um, you wouldn't want to become that if you weren't meant to become that like version of yourself. So kind of letting go and then trusting that you're just supported, um, trusting that you're divinely supported. Like the only thing anyone can be certain about, like I said, is uncertainty and just like getting comfortable in that uncomfort. And another quote I love is that like, no one knows what they're doing. Everyone's just figuring it out. And so that's what helped me with my shyness. I was putting people on a pedestal in my head and putting that distance between me and them being like, oh my gosh, I can't get there. It's going to take me too long. They know all these things that I don't know. And so it's a matter of raising yourself up to that level in your head and being like, no, I can, I can do this. It's within me. And a way to build, the last tip I'll give is a way to build trust with yourself is to make and keep commitments to yourself. Um, so that really helps to just add to your confidence bank. I, I love that. That's so true. That's something that I constantly have to remind myself is we're like, if we make a commitment to somebody else, it's very rare that we're going to, you know, not follow through with that because we don't want that. We don't want to let that other person down, but we will make commitments to ourselves. Oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I, you know, I'm going to set this goal for myself. And then it's so easy for us to be like, well, I'll do that tomorrow or I'll, you yeah. know, maybe next week. And so putting almost like putting it as like, and that's why I tell people, like, if you're going to make a commitment to yourself, like bring somebody else in that knows about it, because then you're like way less likely to break that because it's, you're not making a commitment to somebody else, but somebody else is in the loop on that. And yeah. you'll have that mindset of like, I don't want to let them down. I don't, I told them I was going to do this. I want to hold myself up to that. 
Yes, so true. And then you never, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't want to let yourself down. You have to kind of think more long-term and it's so much, it's easier said than done, obviously, but thinking long-term rather than the short-term, I'll do it later. I don't feel like it. And then yourself, your mind the next day is like, wow, I did not keep that commitment to myself. And that really chips away at your confidence. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So before we dive into all things PR, which I'm really excited to talk about, I would be remiss if I didn't ask about (laughs) like your juiciest Hollywood story, a red carpet (laughs) story. Because when you were sharing your story with me, I was getting like major Hills vibes. I'm like, oh, she's like the Lauren Conrad of like the red carpet, like going, you know, the behind the scenes person, the intern. Um, So if you have like any story that sticks out of like, it could be a really funny story or just like, uh, I'm just, I have to ask. Oh my gosh. No, definitely. And that's so funny. You say the Hills because I, the Hills, I was a huge Laguna Beach fan, huge Hills fan. And then in high school is when, for me is when the Hills was airing and like that, that show helped me literally manifests like my red carpet days. I was just so blown away by their like lives of that show. It was so funny. But, and then I actually ended up interviewing like all of those people multiple times. And so that was like a full circle moment for me, um, meeting Lauren Conrad and interviewing like Brody and all the people from the Hills. <laughs> so that was really funny. Like high school, me inside was like dying when I was interviewing them. But um, one story that pops out would be um it was a big movie premiere for a disney movie and when disney does movie premieres they do them big so they like shut down hollywood boulevard it's such a beautiful extravagant event and la had the most massively backed up traffic that day um like beyond anything i'd ever seen before and That day, I wasn't the one doing the interviews. It was actually our main host of the show. I was going to be field producing that day. And field producing is when I um, just make sure everything is good to go with the cameraman, sound guy. We we were able to get all the interviews we need, all the questions are correctly asked, things like that, just kind of overseeing the shoot. And so I get there and um, everyone's running late and our host is stuck in traffic and the premiere is starting and we are first on the red carpet. And The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, is the star of the movie. And he's starting to walk down. Um, Publicists are coming to me. They're like, where's your host? Like, The Rock is here. He's about to stop and do an interview with you. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to step. It was one of the, another moment where I'm like, I have to step up to the plate. I'm the one that has to do the interviews um, for this really, really big premiere, even though I wasn't planned to do it. However, I was still prepared, but still it was, you know, it's scary. It's the rock. I had never met him before. It was a huge, (laughs) gigantic premiere. And so he comes up, um, I grab the mic, we start to do the interview. And of course he's just so kind and lovely and funny. And the interview went really, really well. And it was, it was an, it was a magical moment. I just, I always remember that moment. It was so much fun, but again, another one of those things where sometimes it is what it is. And like the universe gives you an opportunity. You just have to kind of dive, dive in. But yeah, The Rock is the coolest. I've seen, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've seen videos, um, little clips of him and I 
I had that sense of like, he would just be so gracious with you, even, you know, even if you felt like you weren't prepared, like I had a feeling that he would just be, of course, I don't know him, but from what I've seen, um, that's such an interesting story. I love that you shared that. Okay. So now I want to dive into what you, you know, you're taking this background of what you, you did in Hollywood and now you're doing it on your own, um, and helping other clients with that. So just share with us a little bit, if somebody is unfamiliar to like, exactly what is PR? Like, what does that mean when you hear that? It's kind of one of those like buzzwords, like, oh, PR, like, we think we should know it. But for somebody who's listening, like, what exactly is PR? Yeah, such a good question. It's, it's basically your visibility. It's being seen outside of your owned platform. So your owned platforms would be your website, it would be your social media. And it's also being seen outside of your paid marketing efforts. And PR for us, we focus on organic earned media exposure. So that means um, you're not being, um, you're not paying to be seen anywhere. And it's not a platform that you own. It's a third party platform and they are featuring you and your story on their massive platform for their audiences because your story is interesting or they want to talk to you about something in the news cycle or they want to feature you and your business. Um, so yeah, that that's how I would kind of explain what PR is. Yeah, that's it's a really great way to put that too. And I, I think you touched on a question that I had about the difference between the earned media and the paid media. Um, it, now, from the outside looking in, like you focus on the organic, the earned media. Does anybody, if if somebody is paying to be seen in the media, does any can anybody tell the difference? Or, I mean, I I, I would assume that the earned organic media is probably better to you know to earn it, um, as opposed to just pay your way. But do people do people notice the difference between the two when it's actually in the media? Oh, that's such a good question. Earned organic definitely gives you more credibility. Um, and it really depends on who you are. It's um, kind of a mixed bag on who knows what. But when you do do paid media, say, for example, you put out a press release on the newswire. So that will go out on the newswire, which means that it is spread across a handful of outlets. And it's exactly the article, the press release that you wrote. It's published on a bunch of different outlets. However, it does say at the top um, that it is a press release and that it was funneled through a newswire. So if people know what that know what that means, then they would know, oh, this is a paid for press release, which is fine. With press releases, that's completely fine. Like if you have a big announcement or a big brand collaboration, press releases happen all the time that won't degrade your credibility by any means. However, it is just a form of paid media. Um, There are outlets that also offer paid kind of feature articles. But again, you have to look at those as paid for marketing, because at the top of that article, it will say they do have to disclose that it's paid. So it could say like, um, this is like an advertisement or paid or it'll, there will be some sort of marker that people will see when they click on your article, as opposed to if you reach out to um, a media outlet, and they're really interested in running your story organically, then um, you hop on the phone, say with a reporter, they get your quotes, they 
put in the effort and write the article for you about you. They write the headline, you're featured, and then that's posted on their um, on their outlet. Sometimes they'll amplify it and post on their socials. That that interaction would be earned organic, and that certainly gives you a lot more credibility because when people see that big outlets want to feature you and your expertise and your business, it really uplevels you. It really elevates you among um, other people in your industry. Yeah, definitely. I had a, um, last year I did a couple interviews with Business Insider and it was one of those things where um, I almost, you know how sometimes you get things in your inbox or in your DMs and you're like, yeah, this is probably not legit. This is probably is a scam or it just doesn't, it doesn't seem real. And then like even going through that process, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop of, you know, when are, when is it going to be, I'm going to, you know, get some fake number or something like that. But going through that whole, you know, I did that whole process, got, got on the phone with them, did the interview. Um, so yeah, that was really, that was really exciting. But, um, that just, I feel like that honestly, one, it's one of those things where I don't know how it happened. Somebody got connected with me somehow. And then it was, it was nice because they were able to do like a follow-up story, another reporter, but for somebody who doesn't just have like the luck of that draw, or they actually want to start pitching themselves. So, you know, I, like I mentioned prior to us pressing record, a lot of the people listening to this, you know, do do probably or are starting to think of that podcast realm of pitching to be on other podcasts. But if they're looking to amplify that and maybe get published um, in a news outlet or something like that, how do they actually go about starting that process? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Aubrey, that's amazing. I need to check out your Business Insider articles. And that you're right. It is one of those things where you're like, is this real? Because that's pretty lucky. Um, and amazing. And it it shows that you're doing incredible things, which is like, you should be very proud of yourself. That's very cool. Um, but for the most part, like reporters, and I used to be a reporter, they, their inboxes are so filled. They're so busy churning out stories all day, every day that it's hard for people to get noticed by reporters. So that's why Mm -hmm. it's important to have some sort of PR, strategy in place if you do want to start being seen on those bigger platforms. And when it comes to that process, the first thing I would say is to start crafting your PR story. So for listeners listening, I'd write this down. Um, I have a few tips to share. First would just be like getting clear on what do you want to be known for? Like, how do you want to publicly position yourself? And this goes kind of back to like thinking about your future self. Like, what are they known for? Who are they helping? What are they teaching? How are they being seen by mass audiences? Ask yourself those questions, get clear on that. And then next would be to um, figure out two things, what professional topics you would want to speak on, and then also personal topics that you want to and are willing to speak on publicly. So for professional just write down a list of all the topics you believe you're an expert in. And you don't need like a certification. Um, You don't need a ton of accolades, things like that. You just need real life experience. And then same for personal. Um, You want it to be something that paints the picture of who you are and how you want to be known. Um, So for example, my personal thing is that I grew up really shy and I lacked confidence. Like that's something that ties into what I do with my business and how I work with my clients. And then the next thing is what I like to call a name drop. So think about 
what is that kind of it factor or that aha thing about you that makes people maybe do like a double take? So say you're talking about yourself with someone new or like an acquaintance and you have those few kind of impressive things about you and your business that make people's ears kind of perk up and their mind does a double take and you feel like you're like humbly bragging or doing a name drop thing. Um, think about that because with media, it's all about the headline. It's all about that punchy, interesting thing that will get people to click. And for example, this can include maybe your achievements. Um, if you have some sort of big achievements, whether they're personal or professional, maybe you have a in very interesting upbringing, maybe um, an impressive education, maybe some personal or business milestones. Um, another one is for um, for this audience, like if you've maybe worked with impressive clients or high profile people that you've worked with or served, um, just something impressive about yourself, your business, or any maybe amazing but true fact or story about your life that led you to where you are today. Another thing that media likes um, that could be part of the name drop is age. Um, so if you're like early in age or even really late in your age and you're doing something impressive, that's really fun. Um, numbers, revenue numbers, they love numbers, things like that. Um, so yeah, think about your name drop. And then four out of five would be think about you as a thought leader. So what do you have to share with the media that makes you a thought leader? Do you have maybe a differing opinion um, as to what's being out there reported in your industry? Maybe you have an opposing angle or a new narrative. Maybe you have interesting predictions for the future of your industry. Maybe you have insights that isn't being reported on in your industry. Just some sort of information or knowledge that you have that positions you as an authority in your industry. Like what makes you a thought leader? And believe me, if you're working in your industry and with your clients every single day, you certainly know a lot more than you think and a lot more than these reporters would know. And so, yeah, kind of think of what would make you a thought leader. And then the fifth one are takeaways. So this would be kind of the value that you would offer. Like what value would you be giving? So when you're pitching yourself to the media, and we can dive into the details of that, but when you're pitching, there needs to be some sort of value, like some insight, something fresh that will get audiences reading or listening or watching if it's TV, and something that will get the reporter or the, the media contact excited to do a story. And ultimately, in your in your media, you want it to be valuable because your ultimate goal in being seen is to, again, reach the people who need to hear from you. So what is that value that you want to give to them? I, I'm like taking notes over here. <laughs> you just dropped so many good points. And I hope everybody, if you are, if you're driving or you aren't taking notes that you come back to this, because you just dropped so many amazing, tangible things that we can take. One thing that I was thinking about when you were talking, um, as you were going through these points if you have this kind of, maybe this main story, I know, you know, even when, you know, I pitch myself to podcasts or other things, like we kind of have a couple of topics in mind. Do you think it's okay to use a similar story and pitch that to multiple platforms and like, say a couple of them take you up on it? Or do you want to have a fresh new story for everything that you pitch? Like I'm saying, I'm thinking like yeah. my 
So like my business insider article was about um, going from, you know, being a former elementary teacher to starting it and growing a six figure business. And like that, that is a main um, milestone for me. Of course, I can kind of tweak that story depending on what the platform is, but is that okay to be featured in multiple platforms? Yes, that's definitely a good question. And yes, I would stick to one main story. Um, also because you don't want to overwhelm yourself too. It is, um, it can be intimidating to do press interviews. And so the more that you refine your main go-to story and angle and value, that really helps you in the long run. And it's okay to pitch the same story to multiple different outlets, as long as the story makes sense for the outlet. So if it's kind of a more business focused story, then you have business insider Forbes, things like that would make more sense. Um, But if you're focusing maybe more on a personal story, then you could go to more lifestyle outlets. So the number one thing would be, yes, you can stick to the story, but make sure that it aligns with the outlet. Okay. Perfect. And then, yeah, kind of leading into that. So you went through those five points. And so now we have a really great story that we want to pitch. How do we know where to pitch to? How do we find these people? Like, I know that there's probably you want to, like you said, the inboxes are full. So how do we make sure that number one, we're getting into the right inbox and number two, that our stuff is actually getting opened? Yeah, definitely. So you have your story ready. Um, I would start I'd like to check Google News and grab some keywords um, that relate to your story. So for me, it would be like PR or publicity or even um, reporting or Hollywood. And I would just kind of grab some keywords that encompass you in your story, type it into Google News and see what outlets are reporting on similar topics and just kind of take note, Uh, maybe start an Excel doc take note of what the outlet is, and then even click into those articles, um, take a read and be like, yeah, I I see myself being featured in here. This looks cool. And then um, click on the name of the writer, see who's writing it and add that to your Excel doc. And if you click on their profile, um, usually sometimes their emails are in there. Sometimes you have to do a little digging. Sometimes they're on their social media accounts. But I would just start just start slowly building a bliss of articles that report on things in your industry. Um, start grabbing those names of those reporters. And especially if you find them on social media, I would connect with them, just follow them, um, just engage a little bit. So you kind of start to stay top of mind in their mind, should they need a source on a story where you're an expert. Another thing is to, you can type your keywords into If you're looking to go on podcasts, you can type them into the podcast app searches, whether it's Spotify or Apple, Um, just type in some keywords and find some podcasts that cover your industry and add those to your Excel doc, Um, write the name of the podcast, figure out the host. And if you just do a quick search, usually there's a website that is all about the podcast and usually there's an email in there. And again, follow the podcast or the host on social media, start to engage, um, add them in there. And then another tip I would suggest is think about if there's anybody else in your industry, any other experts who are doing media interviews, who are doing interviews on podcasts or TV, and 
write their name down and use their name to see where they're being featured. Type their name into Google News, type their name into the podcast search and write down all of the shows and all of the reporters and all the outlets where they've been featured. That's another um, really helpful tip. And something else that I use is Google Alerts. You can set a Google Alert, and I would do this too for your own name as you start to get press. Just type, just put in a Google Alert for your name, which means that you put your name in there, and then should your name pop up anywhere on the internet, you'll get it sent to your inbox. And you can do this with maybe keywords, so it could get sent to your inbox um, from Google the latest articles where they're talking about your industry. You could even do this for somebody, like I said, an expert in your industry, make a Google alert for their name. So when they're doing um, press interviews, it'll pop up in your inbox and you can see, oh, they just did an interview with this podcast or they just were featured in Business Insider. I should reach out to that specific reporter and pitch them my story. Yeah. Um I'm, I'm my mind's just swirling because I feel like I have a million questions. I want to be yeah. respectful of your time. Um, but one thing that I was thinking of when you were talking about this was um, I love the Google alert thing. You know, it's so funny. So I, I like a lot of true crime and I just was listening to a podcast where one of the, the hosts, she's like, I put a Google alert in so that anytime I could get updates about it. And I was like, I didn't, why didn't I ever think about <laughs> so that? Funny. Right. Relating to, um, True crime. But something I was thinking about too was that this like follow up process. Um, because chances, I mean, you probably have more experience in, in this too, but I would say even things that I've pitched to or even even just podcasts, right? Like you're not going to get a response from every every single time. So do you have a follow up protocol that you use? And then is there a certain point where you're just kind of like, you know, I don't want to be ghosted, but I kind of might have to give up on this contact. Do you have a, a protocol that you follow for that when it comes to pr- uh, pitching the press? Yes, I would always follow up because yes, their inboxes get clogged and don't take it personally. If you get crickets, um, it happens very frequently. It's completely fine. They either missed it or they've flagged your email. They're going to follow up and it's just a matter of what's happening in the news cycle. Maybe they're not ready for you yet. So yes, I would send the email, um, I would pitch my main story, say we're talking about um, a digital platform, media platform, I would pitch my main story, send it to the journalist, say they don't respond, I would wait a week. And um, a week later, I would follow up. And for the first follow up, I'd say, um, you can follow up and just be like, I would add something rather than saying, oh, just checking in here. Let me know if you want to do an interview. I would add either maybe some more bullet points into your pitch, say, oh, I can also speak on this, maybe something related to the news cycle. If something's being reported um, in the news cycle or even just in your industry or globally, if it's something that you can speak on, I would add that to my follow-up and say, oh, this I, I see this is being reported on. I can speak about X, Y, Z, give some more bullet points just to kind of get the reporter's brain flowing, seeing, okay, maybe I can talk to them about this. Um, and then what else was I going to say? Yeah, follow follow up, do the news thing. And then with podcasts, I would definitely follow up with them as well. And again, I would add some sort of value. That was the other thing I was going to say. If um, 
for a podcast, if there's a recent episode that came out that you listen to and really like, I would mention that. Be like, oh, I just listened to your episode with so-and-so. I really loved when you talked about XYZ. Like, and you can do that with um, reporters too. Be like, I loved your article on this and this. Um, I really enjoyed so-and-so's quotes, just kind of getting personal and starting to build that relationship and commenting on something recent that they put out. Um, because you know, they'll they'll appreciate that you're in their kind of orbit and you're reading their stuff or listening to their podcasts. And so they'll that will help you stand out from the crowd too when you do your follow-up. Yeah, I I appreciate those things as a podcast host because it wasn't always like this, but we do get a lot of pitches for the podcast. And I, I, to me, a podcast pitch is going to stand out when I can tell that somebody's just, again, I, I don't expect everybody to be super fans of the show, but just that I can tell that they've taken a little extra step to even just read about what the show is about so that they know right. because it, it it is a privilege and like I do feel this way too like it is a privilege to go on to somebody's show and to speak to their audience because oh, they've been pouring into their audience so you know no matter what way you're gonna go as far you know a podcast or a publication like that does go the extra mile to show that you've taken an interest in what they're already currently doing um I would like I said from my experience as a host I'm going to open up a pitch or even just like want to keep reading if I can tell that this wasn't just like a copy and paste thing that somebody actually wanted to add a little bit of personalization to it or a little bit of value that would speak to that person who's going to be opening it that will get you I think 10 times farther than like you know oh I've had this many accomplishments or this is all the stuff that I could speak on like just even adding that yeah. little personal touch for me uh, speaks volumes 100% and it's a matter of flipping your mindset too from, um, oh, they're lucky to feature me or like, I need to be featured on these or it would be great for me to be on this podcast. And it's like, no, it is an honor to be on podcasts. It is an honor mm -hmm. to be featured in articles. And so coming at it with your outreach from a place of how can I bring value to this outlet? How can I bring value to this podcast audience? And so, yeah, that's definitely really important. Yeah. So the one, one, of my, one of my final questions that I have is I know like, especially in entrepreneurship and in business, you know, there's those publications where it's like, Oh, you know, if I could just make it into Forbes, I'll have finally yeah. made it. Is it, would you say it's more of those markers that people should be shooting for? Or would you say like even some of the smaller publications, like getting more of that out there ends up serving you better or, or do you mm -hmm. still feel like that Forbes, you know, the, like those markers are something that you should shoot for. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. It's certainly very fun to shoot for those. And when we get our clients into Forbes, it's definitely like life-changing business altering. It's one of those like hugely congratulatory moments. Mm -hmm. However, what leads to that, whether that's your goal or not, honestly, I think the most important goal should be consistency. And that is what helps you get in front of the audiences who need to hear from you. That's what helps to grow your business, helps to establish your credibility and authority. And it's also the thing that helps you land the Forbes features or the business insider features. Truly, um, we had a client that we started with these two sisters, and they had just launched their business and they really had nothing. Um, it had just begun. They had just started their socials, brand new website. And we started them 
getting on some smaller podcasts, doing some smaller articles and snowballing from there. And they were the type of people who going back to the growth mindset, they had the growth mindset of saying, yes, they were saying yes to all of the opportunities we were bringing them. They were open to being seen in all different platforms and it snowballed. Um, And once you build that media momentum too, it really does build. And so not only were we able to get them on a ton of podcasts, um, whether it was for smaller podcasts or really big podcasts, even the podcasts that weren't like the ultimate Forbes, though I love podcasts, but those were the ones that were the initial game changers in their business. Like one podcast that they went on was so aligned and they were so aligned with their audience that the day that the interview was published, their website crashed because they had so many people going to their site, trying to sign up for their services. And so that's another reason why it's, you don't always have to shoot for the Forbes because sometimes it's these really niche podcasts that have incredible engaged audiences, those are the ones that are going to be the biggest ROI in your business. But then the other side of it is the consistency. So they were doing all these podcasts, they were getting featured in these articles, they even went on local news a few times, even one um, national news to talk about what was going on in their industry. And it just snowballed. And within six months from nothing, they got featured in Forbes. And that was, and this actually recently happened like a few months ago. It was so exciting. And so the Forbes part um, was definitely a game changer for them and their business. It very much up-leveled them in their industry and put them at the forefront and just established that authority for them. But um, that doesn't have to be your ultimate goal. I would say consistency and just being out there being seen on different platforms consistently would should be the ultimate goal. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that story. That's very helpful. And it's also like encouraging to know like it doesn't have to be um, just always shooting for the moon. Like sometimes it can be some of these smaller things that you build over time that end up um, becoming this like big stack that's able to take you to where you ultimately want to go. And I know that pitching yourself, you know, both for podcasts and other publications, like that does take a lot of work and time and effort. Um, And you shared a lot of really great things with us today, if it's something that we want to take and run with. But if we don't, and we're like, okay, I would want somebody like Kaylee to be helping me and supporting me with this. Can you share a little bit about the services that you offer to help clients get more visible? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, we focus on um, getting people on the top three. So it's podcasts, TV, and then digital or print articles. And it's all organic media. So it's all um, we kind of, I'm an expert in, you know, reporting journalism, my team are PR experts, publicity, all of the things. So we kind of come at it different from other PR agencies where we come at it from the angle of the reporter like what does the what would the reporter want what would the podcast host be the most interested in as opposed to okay how do we promote this business on all these different platforms it's again how do we serve these outlets rather than how do these outlets serve us and so that's um really helped us we have a really refined proven process that gets our clients really great valuable opportunities and it's just so fun to see them up level in every way. It really does elevate their business, their mindset, their visibility. And it's so 
fun to see the growth as the consistency of media builds and it certainly does build on the momentum um but yeah um i can my website is kayleemedia.com you can follow me on socials at kayleemedia k-a-y-l-e-y and we work with solopreneurs entrepreneurs ceos creators all of the above Awesome. Well, we'll link all of that in the show notes as well so that you can go get connected with Kaylee and all that she does, the amazing work that um, her team does. So I'm super excited for my audience to hear this. And thank you again for coming on today and sharing all of this with us. Um, I know that I had mentioned at the beginning, I'm like, usually my interviews are like 20 to 30 minutes, but I just, <laughs> I appreciate your time today because I, you know, it's I, I love interviewing people because selfishly I'm like, ooh, there's a topic that comes in and I'm like, I want to learn more about this too. Like I, I'm very happy to share this with my audience, but then I'm asking questions and I'm like, oh, I'm getting all the inside scoop. So I really, really appreciate your time and your value that you gave with us today. Oh my gosh. Of course, Aubrey, thank you so much. This is a wonderful conversation and you asked such great questions. You're a great interviewer. So oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights. I will see you in the next episode.